Hi there, it's Melanie White here for episode number 20 of the Habitology podcast. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about boundaries in the context of simplicity. Now, let me just back up and explain what that means before we go any further. Simplicity and decluttering is something that starts in the mind. If you have a really simple thought process and a really calm mind, then it's easy to go about the process of living a simple life, getting rid of clutter and doing all of the things that you need to do, staying on top of things. And so thinking about that, it's pretty clear, to me at least, where boundaries fit in. And I want to talk about that today because a lot of people have problems with boundaries and that's getting in the way of simplicity. So what is a boundary? Well, a boundary is where you draw a line in the sand. Now, if you've got kids, you probably do this a lot. You say, okay, it's bedtime, 7.30, that's it, you're going to bed. That's the line in the sand. And if your child doesn't listen to you, then there's a consequence. And you might say something like, if you don't go to bed by 7.30, I will confiscate your PlayStation for the next four days. So there's a consequence of stepping over that line and that's a boundary. Think about your own life for a moment and where you set boundaries really well and not so well. It might be a lot easier to set boundaries with kids or it might be really easy to say no to things or to draw the line in the sand where you feel really strongly, where your values are very aligned with that. For example, if you're a vegan, it might be really easy for you to say, no thanks, I don't want to eat any meat. Whereas if you like a social drink and you're trying to give up alcohol, it might be really hard to set that boundary. So they're just two very basic examples of where boundaries might be easy to set or difficult to set based on your beliefs. And that's where it can get a little bit tricky. Let's say that you're somebody that loves helping people. Let's say that you have a family and you have a job and you have friends and you have your extended family and you have sporting or social commitments and all of these things are in your life and you feel like you have an obligation, a responsibility to those people. Absolutely you do in some situations. You know, you have a job and the boundary there is that you're being paid to turn up and work and do certain tasks for a certain amount of time. That's the boundary, the confines of your job. But what happens if your boss continually pushes that boundary and says, well, we need you to work overtime. We need you to work on the weekend. We need you to come in unexpectedly then they're going outside of the bounds of your agreement with them and that's taking up your time. Or let's say that you have friends that want to keep getting you to come out on the weekend or to attend dinners or cups of tea and there's this pressure and well, don't you have time for us anymore? Perhaps you don't have a lot of time to yourself but your obligation feels like it's with those other people and to show up and be a good friend or to be 
racing around after your kids to take them to sport and music and being a good mother. As you can see, the more things that you say yes to, the more pressure there is in your schedule, the less time you have for yourself. So suddenly everything gets cluttered in the time sense, in the physical sense, which is the opposite of simplicity. But there's another thing going on there too. If you feel obliged to do things, then your head is going to be cluttered too. It's going to be cluttered perhaps with guilt, thoughts of all of the things that you must do, feelings of overwhelm. Maybe because of these responsibilities and these boundaries that you have been pushed against, you're feeling resentful. You're wishing that people would just pay attention or acknowledge you or respect you or not asked so much of you. So there's the two sides of that whole equation that, you know, with boundaries, the, the physical things you commit to and how you feel about that, which get in the way of simplicity and decluttering your life. So there are a few things that you can do to maintain your boundaries and just to make more space so that you don't have those uncomfortable or negative thoughts or feelings so that you don't have so much of that inner voice chattering away in your head and so that you have more time and space in your life to get things done and to stay on top of things. I think the first step to getting this right is to do a life inventory. I mean this at a very general level. What I'm talking about is to sit down with your week or your month and say, what would my ideal week look like? What would my ideal month look like? What would my ideal year look like? You can choose the scale that you want to work at, but I think a week is good enough because that's representative of what you're going to be doing through the year anyway. Take a look at all your commitments. Look at all your days and see how much back-to-back -back appointments you have, how many of those you have scheduled. The stress around a busy schedule is often the need to pivot from one headspace to another. For example, you're a mum one minute and then you're a manager the next minute and then you're a customer the next minute and then you're a friend the next minute. If you're jumping from appointment to appointment like that in the day without any breathing space or with multiple needs to pivot during the day, then your head is going to be full of clutter. I've been speaking to a lot of people who are juggling with juggling this stuff in, in the last few weeks. It's amazing how many people are fulfilling so many roles in their lives and in other people's lives. So the Life Inventory aims to help you understand, rather than what is right now, what your ideal week would be like. Would there be one day that you work instead of it being spread over several? How many events would you take your kids to during the week? Sporting or music or other. And just as a side note on that, I grew up being given access to many different things. It was roller skating one night and tennis the next and piano lessons the next. And while that's great to get that experience of trying different things as a kid, I think it also trains us to be busy. It trains us to race around and try and tackle a million different things at once. So there's food for thought. <laughs> but you know, look at your week 
going back to that schedule, how many nights a week would you like to have off? Where would you like to have time to yourself? Where would you like to fit in your own exercise? Where would you like to, your working day to finish and end? How many times would you like to see your friends? How much quality time would you like to spend with your partner or your mother or your sister? If you can get a handle on that, you'll have a really clear picture on what needs to change. You can look at your life and your typical schedule right now and you can say, well, this is where I am and that's where I'd like to be and there's the gap, which means you have a starting point for making change. Now, what would that change look like if you were to have clearer boundaries for yourself and with other people? What would that in involve? Well, the first step for a lot of other people or for a lot of people generally would be to learn to say no a little bit more often. To say, sorry, I'm not available or I can't do it this week, but next week is okay. So getting that practice in saying no and deferring something and being realistic is one thing that can help you to create some breathing space and have better boundaries in your week by simply committing to less. There's always someone else that can step up and fulfill a role. You're not the be all and end all, you're not irreplaceable. Somebody else can do it if you can't, in many cases. Except for some things like being a mother. And that's another area where boundaries are really important too, to set a good role model for your kids and to make sure that you're getting enough quality time with them without being run ragged or feeling resentful. In raising my own stepdaughter, I had really great boundaries with her. We had time together and she had time alone with her dad and she had time with her friends. We seemed to strike a really great balance that was partly regulated by our work and school schedules uh, but it, it was just a very comfortable cycle. She didn't have a lot of after-school activities and we seemed to manage time pretty well. We invested a lot of time together as a family on the weekends and we did activities together. We'd go camping or fishing or to the beach or something like that so we'd actually immerse ourselves in nature together which was a really beautiful way to spend time together and it gave us the benefits of positive psychology of alleviating stress of decompressing after a busy week and so it worked out really well have a look at your own relationship with your family and your kids are you mum's taxi are you rushing around after them what are the opportunities for carpooling what are the opportunities for your kids to do less in the way of activities and more with you as a family going on picnics or hikes or swims. What are some ways that you can think of to rearrange the way you spend your time with your family so there's less pressure and more connection? The next thing to look at after looking at saying no and setting boundaries with your family is probably to look at your own expectations. Maybe for you saying no or being clear on the schedule with the family isn't the issue. Maybe you're a high achiever and you're cramming a lot into your day thinking that you are a superhuman of some sort. This is something I really struggled with for a while and I think this third point, this 
managing your own achievements and expectations is really a common issue these days. I speak to a lot of people who seem to achieve so much in a day and yet they don't acknowledge their success, they don't feel their success. What they do is say, I need to do more, I need to be more productive. These, these were my words at, once, at one time. The reality is if you write down and tick off everything that you did in the day, there's a lot that you achieve. And I invite you to keep a diary of what you achieve, to tick off your achievements during the day and to spend a few minutes at the end of the day recognizing three significant achievements that you had in your day. The most successful people in the world usually only focus on one particular task for the day. That's all they expect of themselves. They leave plenty of white space in the diary and they make time to immerse themselves in and complete just one task. And if you can do that, you will feel accomplished. You'll have a sense of growth and learning through the, the act of being mindful in that activity. And you'll have a sense of achievement and success. It will be calming and relaxing for you rather than rushing from thing to thing to tick off a huge to-do list. So your sense of achievement and what you need to fulfill that is worth looking at. It's worth keeping at inventory of your time, how you actually spend it and what you actually do rather than what you think you do or don't realise you do. I could go on and on about that. I could talk about multitasking and all sorts of things, but the simplest way to wrap it up would be to say if you just focus on one thing and doing it well and completing it, it's going to feel way better and you'll have a way greater sense of achievement than trying to do a hundred things in a day. There's one more area I'd like to talk about when it comes to boundaries and simplicity and that is the ability to delegate. So this is a little bit to do with saying no and a little bit to do with achievement. I've heard a lot of people talking about not being able to delegate because by the time I show somebody how to do that thing, I could have done it myself and I would have done a better job. Do you say that? Does that sound familiar to you? I think in essence, if you think you're the only person that can do things, then that will be true. <laughs> if you don't do any delegation at all, then what you get is a big workload. So the question then becomes not the rationale of it'll be quicker and easier and whatever to do it myself. The rationale becomes how will this help me in the future? How will this help my state of mind? How will this affect my energy? How will this affect my mindfulness? How will this create calm if I am able to delegate certain things to other people in my life? Maybe your kids are at an age where you can start delegating certain chores. Maybe you have employees that you could delegate more tasks to to help them grow as professionals. Maybe you have family members that could share the load when it comes to organising events. Maybe you could have a conversation with your partner or flatmate or whoever you're living with, if you're living with someone, 
about the shared responsibilities in the household and who does what. And there may also be room for you to change your expectations, to look at your expectations around the standards that need to be adhered to or maintained. Maybe perfect isn't the outcome and perhaps 80% is good enough. That's a topic for next month when I'll be focusing on perfection. But for now, just know that there are several ways that boundaries can get in the way of simplicity. And if you can learn to be happy with doing less, to do a better job of doing less, to say no, to seek help, and to recognize your own achievements, life will become simpler. Life will become less overwhelming. And you will find the time and the space and the energy to stay on top of the essential tasks in your life, the most important tasks in your life, so that you can live a simpler and more clutter-free existence. That's it from me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and my husky voice at the end. And I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Stay simple and see you soon.